Hi, everyone. I'm Anita Lustria, and for many years I did live radio. Then I transitioned to the podcast world where I feel I found my home. I love talking about spiritual formation, justice issues, and spiritual practices. Throw in the Enneagram, movies, and current events from time to time, and that's what you get on the podcast. I'm glad you've come along for the ride. Welcome to Faith Conversations. Welcome to Faith Conversations, everyone. I'm so glad to have my good friend, Melinda Schmidt, back on the podcast with me. We have been conversation partners for what seems like a lifetime. But Melinda, welcome back. How long has it really been? Since, what, 2004-ish? Four. Yeah, we knew each other before we began to do Midday Connection Better for Moody Radio. Midday Connection Better. Together and better. <laughs> together, wrong word. Uh, together. <laughs> Sorry, it's morning here. I'm waking up. <laughs> in California. Um, yeah. In California, right. But um, yes, got to know each other as we did a full-time program together. And and uh, I was just thinking if we had a penny, I was going to say a dollar, but I'd take a penny for yeah. every word Ooh. we've spoken to each Ooh. other. We'd be zillionaires. <laughs> yes, we would. Absolutely, we would. Wow. Yeah. Good thought. Well, I, you know, today we're going to talk about um, seasons, so really our soul's seasons of life. It, the theme is seasons, and we're looking at our soul and what that looks like in our lives. But I wanted to start our time out with a prayer that I used this past week with um, some clients, spiritual direction clients in a class that I um, teach at church. And I love Joyce Rupp. Um, I've had her on the podcast here numerous Wonderful. times. And there's her. a book that you actually introduced me to. You oh. introduced me to her book, Anchors oh, yeah. for the Soul. Sure. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I found many marvelous prayers. It's a day really a daily devotional or daily, daily reading. It's very mm -hmm. brief, very brief. I use them as as prayers. And I found one and and added to it. Because one of the things I love about Joyce is that she uses, she names God. You know, Hagar named God right? The God who sees me. Oh. Hagar named God. And I love to come up with names for God. Joyce hmm. does it so well. And you'll hear at the beginning of each stanza of this prayer, there are four, she names God something else at the beginning of each stanza. So let me just open our time with this, uh, with this prayer. Stream of love, all encompassing, gathering me as a cherished one in a welcoming embrace. Stream of nurturance, providing for me in the darkness of your protective, enveloping womb. Stream of joyfulness, dancing in me, celebrating life with each moment of gladness. Stream of hope, rising in me, proclaiming resurrection and new life growing. Help keep me walking forward in the resurrection light of Christ. Amen. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I love those names of God, stream of love, stream of nurturance, stream of joyfulness. I added on stream of hope. Um, and I think I probably added stream of hope because we're, you know, just a little ways from the, the Easter 
part of our Christian journey and um, that stream of hope rising in us, um, that resurrection, new life, but stream of joyfulness is what I kind of grabbed onto today, Mm -hmm. I think, as we look at a variety of seasons, not all of them are the joyful season, but you and I earlier in our day were texting and talking about that, um, what life as celebration can look like, what that can look like in our souls, what growth and blooming and flourishing can look like. And we may get into that as we talk Mm -hmm. about certain seasons, but I think Mm -hmm. that's why I grabbed that prayer for us Mm -hmm. today. Well, thank you. And um, for, for bringing that. And I, I noticed the word stream, which I think also connects, of course, to nature. And yes. we're heavily going to talk about nature today. And so it's interesting to keep in mind that imagery, maybe while we all discuss this together today about our soul seasons, just, you know, what, what does the stream look like through each season, winter, spring, fall, summer, and so forth. And um, to your point, uh, that's, that is really so creative and interesting how she names God. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. One yeah. one of the things uh, that I was thinking about, um, and I think you've written it somewhere here in our notes, but um, seasons really give us a framework, a frame, you know, literally a framework for our calendar year. Mm-hmm. We we talk about seasons in that sense all the time, but it gives us a framework for our personal lives and uh, for the work that's going on in our souls as well. So much. Yeah. A a change for us in living in California since 2021 is that it's always kind of one season here (laughs) and uh, leaves did fall in autumn uh, a bit and trees are budding now in spring as we talk together today. But that rhythm of seasons really shocked us, like, especially in the Midwest where you also lived for a long time, mm-hmm. yeah. Anita, you know what spring means and it's attached to holidays and you know that you're bringing new clothes forward and you're yep. washing your down coat and putting it in the dryer with the tennis balls or the yes. gym shoe, you know, and <laughs> yep. putting it away for winter. And so seasons um, have this kind of wonderful life-giving um, rhythm and there's predictability to it. Now, I know you're in Florida now, I'm in California. You learn to adjust to these things, mm-hmm. yep. but um, seasons are rhythm and patterns and really boundaries too yes. for our lives. And our soul seasons are less predictable. We can bounce from one to the other and out of the typical order of nature's four seasons. True. Um, so we have to, you know, allow for that because that's just the way it is. But, um, I was telling you earlier, um, Alexa thinks we still live in the Chicago area. So, uh, <laughs> on my notifications, when the green light rings around Alexa, um, what are my notifications? And just yesterday I did this, oh, there was a tornado watch in oh. a Chicago area, oh, or I get their thunderstorm warning or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, um, in the Midwest it's spring, but then, you know, it gets snow. This just happened mm-hmm. recently, you know, in out West and in the Midwest, or, you know, you, you think you're in one season and, um, it reverts to something else. So, um, it does play out in nature too, I guess. But I, a question we want to ask today is which of the four seasons as we know them and thinking about them as metaphors would describe our own soul right now. And I asked this in my conversation group. And uh, one of the women was thinking through this and she said, 
the season I'm in right now has uh, brought forth a lot of darkness. Mm. It's shown me how dark I am. Mm. So it's kind of like this, you know, in winter, it's darker, of course. And um, I was so surprised at her vulnerability, but as she related it to her life, it made a lot of sense. And so it can be revealing to identify our soul season and kind of know where we are in life, uh, where we want to be, what we're hoping for. And as people of faith, we also ask, where is God in this season? What I think is interesting about you talking about this and asking that, I, I think, very important question, which of the four seasons, the metaphors that we might use for those seasons would describe your soul right now. I don't think that is a usual question that we get posed to us. I think it's that th- th- this is an important way to think. I um, I think that many of us um, are not in tune with how we feel. I think we are, let alone how what our souls are um, thinking and feeling and what season they're in. You know, so I think this is foreign even to some people. It's not a question, I, unless you're maybe in, in spiritual direction, you're thinking a little bit more um, about your soul. I don't think this is a question that the average person comes up against or asks themselves. So mm-hmm. thank you, number one, mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I I think too, if I, I might forget to say this later, so I'll say it now, but if this is of any interest to anyone listening right now, um, you can go online and find books about the season and also books that go um, deeper into um, the metaphor and material is out there. So if you want to kind of dip into it, there are resources um, for and that. I, and I'm even thinking, I'm writing down a couple of books that po- are popping into my head right now um, because I, I'm i thinking of um, Autumn Gold and now some of these are about aging, but but I do think well, that it's a season two isn't it? It's, yes, it is, and I think we can become more introspective as we move into uh, the second half of life. So I certainly thought of Falling Upward by Richard Rohr. Um, I know that Joan Chittister has another um, has a good book on. Uh, she has so many good books. Yeah, she does, but one on kind of the second half of life. Um, and I'm I'm just kind of jotting her down Ruth book. That's yeah, that's book a of, good oh one. Oh my goodness. I just pulled that out again. Uh, I'm I'm determined to someday to teach a class on that. I've I've developed questions up through chapter four, but that's as far as I've gotten so far. So but the book, yeah, her book of Ruth is tremendous. And um also Joyce Rupp has has a book uh kind of second half of life too. I have it on my on my Kindle. But I'll, I'm gonna Grab some Here's of those another titles. one. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, artistically laid out with prose. Um, it's called "Grow Through It: Inspiration hmm. for Weathering Life's Seasons" by Danny DePiro. Her last name is D I P I R R O. Danny uh, DePiro. Nice. All um, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Little- so I'll put the, I'll add that one to the list. Um, 
because I think that can help in this conversation that we're just beginning for for us today. Mm-hmm. You know, this conversation can be taken offline with uh, with friends that you have, or you can sit and journal about it, or whatever the case may be. But we're just we're just getting it started for you. Yeah, could be a great topic for some kind of class of people getting together um, and talking through it or a conversation group. Well, let's, let's jump in. And um, I, I have a starting at winter because I guess that's January. We think of a new year. And so um, there are some things I've written here, Anita, I know you'll have some to add as well, but we think of winter um, being um, well, often I think winter is negative. <laughs> and I want to start off by saying, I was talking about this in another group. And one of the women said, I live in Texas and I just love and miss winter because I loved playing out in the snow. So I huh. think the propensity is to think negatively. Y- you and I live in climates where high season is winter right. because everybody wants to come where we live and right. you live um, to kind of get out of the cold. So winter can be Uh, a joyous time, a break, a playful time. And so we allow for that. But also I think we traditionally think of winter as a time of resting, of, of listening to life. Life slows down. We're not out and about as much. We have hibernating. That's hibernating. That's one. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Accepting the elements, which can be a challenge, but let's not forget hurricane season is a challenge or fire season where I live is a challenge. Mm -hmm. So really every season has its challenges. So there are unique ones to winter um, that maybe we don't feel in the rest of life, but suddenly it's very pronounced in this season of life. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a, a really good way to think about it because I think it also gives, if we think of it that way, it also can give us hope that, oh, I'm not in this season forever because mm. seasons do change. I think that's a mindset that we need to grab onto. You are so saying that to a person who is about what are those three P's pervasive, personal, and what's the third one that lasts forever? Um, Persistent. You know, permanence. Permanence. Oh, permanence. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness, Anita. Thank you oh. for saying that because this is so important to remember. And I am a person of permanence. Like what is today will always be, will oh. always affect me. <laughs> you know, Sheryl Sandberg talked about that in her book after her husband passed yes. away. Yeah. And uh, Martin Seligman of University of Pennsylvania talks a lot about that. Adam Grant talks about that, you know, oh, add that into today's conversation. <laughs> Thank you for, for bringing that truth up. That's another topic. <laughs> yeah, indeed but it is. important. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I think in winter, we are in a season of tending to ourselves. We're trying not to catch the flu or COVID yes. or a cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're cold, perhaps. So mm-hmm. we turn to the furnace, the fireplace, other things to dress warm, uh, keep warm, our boots, whatever. So there's a little extra work that goes on in winter. And it takes more stuff and it takes more layers And it takes creativity because as you know, in the Midwest, Anita, in January and February, you're about to lose your marbles because it's so gloomy and it's so cold and all the snow has turned dirty (laughs) looking. Yes. It's so monotonous. I was also thinking that it's funny during the high season here, we feel like we have to add, you know, 10 or 15 minutes 
onto a driving somewhere because there's just more traffic. But I think about in the cold climates, you have to add 10 or 15 minutes on just to put all the layers on and the boots and everything before you exit the house. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. So when we think about our souls, it can often translate to a soul where things are a lot more work. Um, it, it just takes more of everything. The, the burden on us is not as light as it can feel in other, in other seasons. Um, winter can also be a time of discernment as we pull inside, as we're thinking about the garden we want to plant or what is, you know, new year's resolutions. It's a fresh start. So winter can be sort of that. What is my fresh start? What needs to change? What do things look like ahead? And where's, what can I hope for? What is hope out on the horizon for me? I was talking with someone not long ago who, um, toward in the middle of winter, especially and toward the end when she's in that space where will this ever end? She gets encouraged by gathering the seed catalogs and looking at what Mm. flowers and plants and vegetables Mm. that she's Mm -hmm. going to put into her garden as soon as the first signs of spring come. So yes, that looking forward because we're hope we're, we're, cause we're tired of the season we're in. And so we can start getting hopeful about what's next. Yes. Yes. And I think too, the monotony of the season, the grayness in some parts of the country, Mm -hmm. the, um, you know, kind of waiting for life to happen often forces us if, and we might choose to accept this, but what, what can I do? It breaks things open out of desperation, Mm -hmm. maybe learning to bake bread or, you know, having people in more, but just out of the desperation of that season it can so strike us that we actually make big changes in life because we just can't stand the season that, you know, that we're in. We want to take action. It can become more of an active place more than dormant. Um, There is also that temptation to shirk from things, you know, when the weather breaks, then I will do this. (laughs) Or when it's not so cold, then I will do this. I've noticed, you know, cold to us now in California is like the sixties or whatever. So (laughs) I haven't been outside as much, you know, I'm getting out more because, (laughs) you know, again, that thinking, you know, when this happens, then I will do that. And I think we need to watch for that. And then, uh, some positives would be that there's that crisp winter outdoor fun, you know, the beautiful blankets of snow, um, snowshoeing, ice skating, cross-country um, skiing, cross-country skiing, community, having people in, eating all that fattening food, <laughs> yeah. you know, chili, and it's the Super Bowl and all the rest. Um, <laughs> That's great. There's also that um, sense sometimes of, we mentioned it earlier internal, going Mm -hmm. inside, introspection, sitting by the fire, or, you know, really facing um, who we are when we unplug from others. And of course, introverts and extroverts may look at this differently and your Enneagram type or your Myers-Briggs, you know, what your personality is. But it can be a time of melancholy, uh, moodiness, feeling fussy or impatient. And if some of these words describe you, maybe in your soul, you're saying, yeah, that's me right now. And here's the reason why I think it's so important to get curious and say, and why is that when we don't get curious, I think we get stuck. 
But if we ask, why do I feel this impatience? Why do I feel moody? Why am I fussy right now? It can open the doors to our hearts and souls and um, really help us to get to the truth of what is going on in our lives and in us. Uh, I'm a fan of Parker Palmer. And in fact, I'll add his book to the list as well um, on the brink of everything. And listen to what he has to say about winter. He said, our inward winters take many forms, failure, betrayal, depression, death, but every one of them yields to the same advice. The winter will drive you crazy until you learn to get into it, Mm -hmm. until we enter boldly into the fears we most want to avoid. Those fears will dominate our lives. But when we walk directly into them, we can learn what they have to teach us. Then we discover once again that the cycle of seasons is trustworthy and life-giving, mm. even in the most dismaying season of all. Oh, that's, that's great. Great lines in there. Oh, Some he's full of wisdom. Lines. That's a yeah, that's Isn't for that sure. From his listen to your life. I bet that's book, listen to think, your life. Yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's in that last chapter. Yeah. So good. We discover the cycle of seasons is trustworthy and life-giving, even in the midst of the dismaying season in which we find ourselves. Mm. Um, let's move on to spring. Um, we'll transition to that. Um, and, you know, when we're in one season, we're really hanging on for the next season, aren't we? Yes. And as we mentioned earlier, sometimes we bounce around from season to season. But let's look at spring. Spring cleaning, of course, decluttering cleaning out things, clearing things out of our lives, uh, getting rid of things that once worked for us and don't Mm -hmm. anymore, um, washing things up, digging and turning soil. Yes. Season of preparation, planting seed, wait, 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 (laughs) um, anticipation, hope coming alive. Um, I like this little phrase, I dig, prepare, plant, wait, and anticipate. I dig, prepare, plant, wait, anticipate. Uh, we watch for emerging color coming out of a gray season. Wonder, you know, how many of us are thinking of that right now? Yeah. Uh, we're waiting for color to come out of the gray. I think I always think of crocuses. It's like, oh, thank you. There's yeah. this little, <laughs> you, this, this little bit of color that's yes. bursting through the snow. You know, we're a little past that now, but, and of course with, with climate change, we've had early blooming of, um, of the cherry blossoms and other blossoms, you know, around the country. Um, mm. and so there's, there's some of that going on too, but I, I so much hope when you start seeing those colors come, come through the gray, right. And the white there. And I think of how many of us right now are just waiting, like metaphorically, where's that little bit of color, that little (laughs) bit of hope. Um, spring is an unpredictable time. I mentioned earlier how, you know, in in the Midwest, they call it fool's spring when it's 76 degrees, but then it snows two days later, you know, (laughs) restless hope, restless hope. And sometimes confusion, you know, where did I put that stuff? Where's, where, what, what will spring up out of the ground? Where are my gardening tools? I should have been more organized. Shoulda, woulda, couldas, you know, Uh, what's going to spring up outside? Where did I plant bulbs? Where, where were some left behind and the squirrels didn't eat them? Um, (laughs) What works now? What doesn't work? What do I want to tend? What do I need? 
how do I want my garden to look going forward? Do I want to plant the same things? And how will I do this? Maybe there have been some changes um, in the last season and doing things, doing this season the way you used to do it isn't possible. And then, you know, watching for and enjoying new life, kind of that birth we've been waiting for. What in our life are we just groaning, you know, in that ninth month of pregnancy, uh, you'll do anything to get that mm -hmm. baby born. You know, yep. what do we, are we just like, this has got to be born. And in nature, we look at the new flowers, as you mentioned, you think of sort of the, the hallmark vision of lambs frolicking on a hill, you know, oh, yeah. uh, bird eggs cracking oh, open, buds appearing. Those little robins, blue eggs, you start yes. seeing them in the nest and all of yes. that, that yes. we enjoy in spring. It just brings a smile to our face. Mm -hmm. I would say spring can be a season of smiling, of, of hope, you know, no longer deferred, you know, now yes. it's here we um, took a trip to Idlewild uh, last weekend and took this weird way GPS got us onto. I was so grateful for the, the hills are just alive with these yellow flowers and the poppies and the ice plant is blooming. In fact, they call it California bloom. I didn't know that you can see it from space. Yes. The hills are these colorful shades of green and some other oh. places besides California. It's this major bloom that's going on right now. Mm. And it is incredible. I've been watching news stories about it as well, but you mm. got to see it firsthand. That's exciting. Oh, I, we were driving along. I said, Dave, I'm like a kid in a candy shop. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I live in one of the most curated places on earth, I think, or at least <laughs> in the States. I mean, everything is perfect here. It's like resort land here in Newport, but Somehow this new vegetation and what we were seeing was just like, oh, this is so life-giving. That's a wonderful season to be in. Well, and it's interesting. I did something that I haven't done in um, several months, not several weeks, but several months. I hadn't gone to a favorite place of mine, which is a local garden that I belong to, Selby Gardens. It's on the Bayfront in a beautiful location. And I went this week and I came back... I said to Mike, I'm euphoric. I had no idea oh. what I'd been missing and how much I needed to see those blooming flowers. I took all kinds of pictures, which will be showing up on Instagram. I've started I was going to mention them out. your photos yeah. on Instagram, which are gorgeous. They just, uh, I mean, th that those flowers, I was brought back to life. So hearing you talk about the California bloom, I had been missing it, something that I actually could physically go and see that I hadn't been doing. I just sort of been kind of cooped up and doing oh. other things. Yeah. So this is something that was energizing and available to you, but you've yes. been doing other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. So I'm so glad. And part of it, they are, there's new construction that. there. They're building a parking garage. It's a little less convenient to go. So that's been a piece of it for me. But I said to Mike, I've got to be going back regularly once mm. again. This was so life-giving. I felt like a new person mm. when I when I came home. And I think we can feel that way, Anita, as we move from one season to the other. It's like, oh, it's so good to be back here. It feels like home. Yes, um, absolutely. The next season we're going to talk about is one that I have come to believe hasn't been discussed a lot if you grew up in evangelicalism or fundamentalism or a um, belief system in your family of origin that was more about scarcity mm. or um, 
less about enjoyment, yes, less about joy, less about pleasure. Mm. Um, pleasure. Ooh. I know growing up for me, my faith tradition, pleasure meant one thing, sex. <laughs> and usually outside of marriage. And oh no, uh, that was that was deadly. Um and and sort of this scarcity of, you know, it's kind of a Western thing, right? Uh mm-hmm. as well. Work hard and you get a field of corn and you get to eat. And there's no doubt about that. But but you never make it to the field of corn. You never yeah. get there. It's just yeah. keep working, keep you know, no, there's not the season for pleasure just never seems to arrive. And you've described pleasure at Selby Gardens mm-hmm. and how much it's done for you. And and so if we're just canning vegetables or trying to survive now, you know, people that went through the Dust Bowl or depre- the mm-hmm. Great Depression or whatever, this, you know, I, I am accounting for that, but we're, we're talking about something else. But, you know, if we don't take pleasure and in these things, I, probably in what we say the olden days, you know, they did have celebrations at harvest time and some of those simpler right. pleasures, but we've lost you know, a lot of that, that now our pleasure is scrolling on Instagram and looking at another pet video or whatever, you know, things have changed, Mm. gotten a lot more digital. So that this is the season of summer. Summer is a season generally of pure enjoyment, Mm. new freedom. We are out. We're out of school. (laughs) Right. School's out for the summer. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Sing it. Um, New freedom. New freedom. Hallelujah. We made it through the hard stuff. Yeah. Now we see the flowers, playfulness, and a settledness. Now I can breathe again. I can enjoy outdoors daily, usually, and freedom from lots of amping up for whatever the previous season demanded of me. Yes. Um, it can also be prickly, mosquitoes, <laughs> mm-hmm. weeds. Yep. Um, so it's not perfect, not heaven on earth, but Um, It's a time of nourishment, rain and sun, Mm -hmm. nourishing. It nourishes us socially. People gather together, go have a picnic, sit around the fire pit, have people over on your deck, go to the 4th of July parade, whatever. Um, Consistency. Um, It will be sunny and warm generally each day, you know, might be punctuated by a rainstorm. Yeah. Or tornado or hurricane or whatever, or a fire. But that's generally you can count on the weather. Yeah, it's short-lived. Those those yeah. interruptions are relatively short-lived. Yes. Um, there's a greater sense of perhaps community gathering, people talking at the curb, swapping um, who's aerating their yard. How can they go in together on getting their um, driveways blacktopped and get a better yeah. deal? You know, you're, communi- you're communicating more with mm-hmm. the people that, that are in your community. Um, there's... Uh, a sense of abundance mm-hmm. and sometimes excess. I have too many tomatoes here, have oh, some. Yes. So a oh. sense of giving, receiving, and also having it all. Look at this garden mm-hmm. or look at these flowers or my flower was, or my garden was a disaster. You know, that can happen <laughs> too, but it's, it's the abundance is mm-hmm. starting to be seen. If you travel, on the highway, um, you see the cornfields growing, 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 mm. lifting, lifting. And it's it's so exciting. And then you get to eat that, you know, and there's so much at the farmer's market. There's an abundance of produce. Now, granted, there are times when you got to cool off. The heat gets to be too much. And often we're driven inwards again into air conditioning. 
So <laughs> once again, like winter, we have to get creative about how to connect, how to persevere and how to have resilience. Yeah, um, that's true. Patterns, patterns can become more satisfying. Uh, talk to any kid, like you said, out of school, um, <laughs> bike rides, playing, just play, 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 get the bags out. We're living more externally now. There's fruitfulness and um, feels like we have more control over life. Yeah. It's not kind of willy nilly when you think of nature and even in our own soul, maybe it's like, okay, we've got some steadiness here now and I'm appreciating that. And I've got some freedom to be. Thank you, God, for this time of relief from the hard time that we have come through. Mm. So those are some descriptors of summer. And I just think it the emphasis on enjoyment and pleasure and even hoping for that as you're in another season is something that um, God has created and built into the seasons um, wherever you are in the world, you know, there are some really tragic monsoon seasons on the yes. other side of the world. There are some really, you know, there is famine, you know, in Africa repeatedly. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I guess today we're talking about our Western life and what we've been called to. And that's where we get to respond to the seasons of our soul and also the natural seasons as well. This is what God's given us kind of like that, that parable in the gospels of the talents where three different groups of people were given something to nurture and possess and invest. And this is where we're born. This is where we are. So this is what we've been called to respond to. I, I think what's coming to my mind also, as you described summer, Melinda, is that season of abundance where, you know, all the planting of spring comes to fruition and when we are in a soul season that is other than summer, you know, how can we think about or cast vision for the season of springtime or summer if we're finding mm -hmm. ourselves in, in mm -hmm. a season that's that has more scarcity? How do we mm -hmm. um how do we we remember um it just in the context of our seasons of our souls, how do we remember what abundance looks like? And I think yeah. paying attention to um, physical seasons can, can help us with yeah. that memory. Because the natural world is God's first Bible. Yeah. That's the first language of God. And that's this crazy creation story that science is helping us learn more about all the time. And this is, you know, we sing that song growing up in the church. This is my father's world. Uh -huh. It's not just something to sing about, but I love what you're saying, Anita. If, if, Wanting abundance and excess and even like a prosperous garden and something that grows is something we're unfamiliar with or wasn't nurtured for us in our family of origin or maybe our church setting, you know, maybe take some risks and start adventuring into that and look for those places and think about how maybe even you can take a step toward it. Uh, you're reminding me of Barbara Mahaney's new book, The Book oh. of Nature, it's called. I haven't had her yet on the podcast. And you, you mentioning it made wonderful. me think about that. Yeah. The yeah. book of nature. Yeah. yeah. She's, God's she's first got Bible. some good writings about seasons. Um, okay. So autumn, we transition from summer and it means getting back into the groove. Um, yeah. Maybe if you're in this season in your soul, it's the season of letting go, clearing mm -hmm. out, releasing, 
gathering and community. We, we have a wonderful Halloween and, and uh, Thanksgiving and we're drawing people together. We're anticipating Christmas. Um, sometimes there's reluctant anticipation or knowledge that this is going to be uh, a challenging time ahead. I remember in the Midwest, we used to say, well, in November, we're going into the tunnel of gray. <laughs> See you in May. <laughs> the, I, it's interesting. I always looked at toward autumn and um, like some others and just loved the thought of pumpkin everything. I, right. But not everyone likes pumpkin everything. It's not their season, you know, but right. I love that and soups and all of that that Seasons leads into winter, type. but yeah. The gray tunnel is coming, but all mm -hmm. those pumpkin goodies, you know, yeah. it's finding bless in the mess, bless yeah, in the burden, like blessings yeah. in the burden, seeking protection for what's ahead, mm -hmm. yes. getting out the winter clothing, um, getting our car fixed up, uh, stacking wood for the fireplace. Mm -hmm. It's um, careful and thoughtful and reasonable preparation for what we see ahead that could demand a little bit more of us, putting things to rest and trusting that putting away or ending the things of one season will bring new beginnings yeah. in time. Mm -hmm. But now it's time to put the bags away. It's time to bring in or cover the furniture on the deck. We're closing yeah. up. We're saying goodbye to our maybe a uh, lake house or whatever. Um, it's a time of rejoicing. What a great summer we had. Hey, what was the best part of your summer vacation? Where did you go? What did you do? Uh, it's kind of that wistful satisfaction. And yeah. um, this is a season that I mentioned earlier in conversation group where a friend said, I am in the season of autumn. This season has brought out the darkness in me. Yeah. You know, we change the clocks. Things are darker. Yeah. Boy, that's real soul talk, isn't it? When we're yes, able it to, is. Season, you know, what this season, um, which season is the best expression or seasons of where I am right now. But, you know, there are similarities too in the seasons. Each season has openings for community in autumn and winter. We're gathering inside in spring. We gather during Lent. If you're a person of faith in the Easter season, Mother's Day, Father's Day, spring has those times of gathering. Um, you know, in summer, we're gathering out of doors, barbecues, holidays. Uh, each season takes work. It's an yes. illusion to believe there's a perfect season. Uh, one or more may be pre preferable, but all of them take work yeah. and the work might be more enjoyable in one season over others, but it still requires uh, getting ourselves dirty, adapting, working, you know, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> darn it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in each season also, we meet our illusions of it, our preconceived notions, our kind of illogical hope for what a season can be like or bring to us or do to us or for us. You know, we all want to try to control the season. I think that we're in or often are tempted to do that. We're trying to speed it up or get out of it. And I think or make sense of it. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. I think this is, these are important things to acknowledge about the season uh, of our soul. It's, it's kind of wrestling. It's a wrestling match in some ways. So what I like about what you did is, I mean, you really dug in and found um, beautiful descriptors of all of the seasons. And I think um, going back to that initial question that you asked, um, which of the four season metaphors would describe your soul right now? I, I think, you know, I don't want to let that question go. I think we, ha we have to go mm. go back there. Um, 
and and I don't want to um, jump yeah. the gun, but that's what I'm thinking here. No, I, you know, that's 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 the invitation today. Yeah. To to examine the soul of our season. Why? It can help give definition to what mm-hmm. we are experiencing right now. It can be pleasurable by finding ourselves in a rhythm that uh, the creator set forth for us. Mm-hmm. We can believe in it. We can cherish it. It may not be something we're familiar with or that in our growing up was an important part of the conversations in life, but um, it can lead to new expression through art or writing or journaling or recognizing what our needs are. I need more. I'm in winter and I don't have community. I think community is important in every season. Yeah, absolutely. I I also think one of the things that's helpful are all of the descriptors given. Sometimes we know we're in a season of struggle within our soul or, or maybe in a season where we're about to step over a threshold, but, but we, we don't have words for it. We have not yet come up with language for it. I love that you have been very specific in going into these great descriptors for all the seasons. I'm guessing, I'm thinking about someone listening, going, oh, that's what, that's where I am. That explains it. I had not come up with that word. And you just gave all of these wonderful descriptors. Sometimes imagery helps us Mm. make sense of what the heck is going on. We get so much in our minds and this is an opportunity to get out even out of doors or outside of ourselves uh, and get out of our minds and think, what is the imagery that describes and how, how does it work out in nature? Yes. You know, and and that's a creative practice. I mean, what you just led us through was also a, a creative practice to come up with all of these words. And I think, as you said, to get out of our heads move into our bodies, but, but to, but move into a creative sense. Yeah. Yeah. Can open things up. It can feel like a bit of relief and we're not alone. Yeah. The seasons are repetitive year after year, after year, after year, after year. We're not alone. These are not unusual things. Um, They are a part of life. And when we talk about creativity, Dave and I have been getting into chat GPT. And of course that's that AI um, site where you can put in what you've written and it will rewrite it for you. And usually in an incredibly cool fashion. So I took our notes for today and put it into chat GPT twice. Wow. Okay. And these are some of the thoughts that came up. And, um, I thought I could just close by reading some of these, um, please, of course, first of all, both times, uh, chat GPT, uh, shot back to me, um, as an AI language model, Uh, I don't have a soul, feelings, or personal experiences. However, based on your descriptions, and then they go on. And um, you can look up chat GPT on your own. It's an AI form of of communication that's going to have huge ramifications Mm -hmm. for our world. But uh, it's it's certainly on the table for public discussion. But anyway, here are some things that uh, chat GPT sent back. Uh, It's important to acknowledge and accept our current season and not try to rush through it or control it. Each season has its own purpose and lessons to teach us. And by embracing them, we can learn and grow from our experiences. 
As for which of the four seasons metaphor, uh, four seasons metaphors would describe your soul right now, that's a personal question that only you can answer. It's important to reflect on your current state of mind and emotions and try to identify which season resonates with you the most. And here's a couple more thoughts. It's important to note that our soul seasons can often be different from the traditional four seasons, mm. and we can move through them in a non-linear way. With that said, based on the descriptions here, it seems that different aspects of each season may resonate with different individuals at different times, depending on their personal experiences and current life situations. And I think in our friendships, Anita, and our family relationships, even our marriages, we're not in the same season all the time. Right. And and so this can help us even in our relationships even in the workplace, what season does my boss seem to be in or my coworker mm. or, you know, whoever I work with, what season might they be in? Mm. Um, goes on to say, uh, for example, someone may feel like they're in a winter season of introspection and discernment while also experiencing moments of spring with new growth and anticipation all at once. They may all also have elements of autumn with letting go and releasing while feeling moments of summer with abundance and satisfaction. And then finally, ChatGBT said, it's also important to note that each season has its own challenges and opportunities for growth, and it's normal to experience a range of emotions through each season. And by embracing the lessons and experiences of each season, we can move through them with more grace and acceptance. Wow. Thank you, ChatGPT. I'm amazed. <laughs> Honestly, I'm sitting here going, yeah, okay. I can just uh, read chat GPT from now on. That's amazing. Listen, put in your next Christmas letter and see what comes out <laughs> or whatever. Right. You know, it's, oh. I know it's controversial, but um, I was kind of experimenting with it. And I thought, I wonder what it would say with say about all these descriptors. I'm glad you ended with that. I think that's so interesting. And I'm a firm believer of when we hear things, the same thing in slightly different, in a slightly different way, or just a little bit different language, it solidifies the basic message within us. Helps us uh, integrate, doesn't it? It absolutely does. It's the typical thing with when parents tell a kid over and over and over and the neighbor tells them or the aunt tells them the exact same thing, mm -hmm. but you know, it's a different presence and a different form of communication and they can integrate it then, but not from the parent. Yes. And I think that there's a caution too. If we're not integrating, sometimes we're stagnating. Mm. We're stuck. I was just going to say the old stuck word. There it is. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So yeah, hopefully maybe, maybe some of today's conversation is helping someone who feels confused about where they're at in life, yeah. what their hopes are, where they want to be. And um, it's at least piqued your interest in mm -hmm. you taking the conversation further, as you say, uh, every week. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So hang on to that question, spend some time with it. Which of the four seasons, the metaphors would describe your soul right now? Melinda, thank you so much. Great. Always fun to, to talk about. Converse with you. Yes. And as Melinda already said, keep the conversation going.